The Heart of Grief is a program by Certified Grief Recovery Specialists Lori Penner and Brian McGee. Brian and Lori are not professional counselors. They do not offer therapy. If you are experiencing a crisis, please reach out to your local emergency or healthcare providers. What Lori and Brian offer in this podcast is an authentic, personal familiarity with the pain of loss and a straightforward approach to recovery that has proven transformative in the lives of thousands of grievers. As proud sponsors of the Grief Recovery Method programs, Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta are pleased to partner with Brian and Lori to bring you this podcast. We hope our listeners will discover genuine, practical help and encouragement. Well, Lori, here we are recording our fifth full episode of The Heart of Grief. Personally, I find it very satisfying to get to this place. It seems like we're on our way. Our listenership is growing, and we have exciting plans for many more episodes to come. And you know, I really admire podcasters who keep producing good material again and again. It's a lot of work. We've had some struggles, of course. Me putting up with setbacks in the recording and editing work. You putting up with me. (laughs) No kidding. But we've been strong and kept moving ahead with what we truly hope will be helpful content for grieving hearts. Absolutely. So, Lori, you say that we've been strong, moving ahead. What do you mean that we've been strong? Well, I guess I mean that it has been hard and discouraging at times but we've dug in and kept on with the work that we believe in. So we've dug in and kept on, and that is demonstrating strength? Yes, and what a coincidence how this is our topic for this episode, being strong in the face of difficulties and discouragement. It is. It's number five in our top six myths of grief miniseries. The idea that it is important and valuable to be strong in times of significant loss is very common and pervasive in our society. We're going to examine that idea and once again take on the role of mythbusters. Ooh, cool. So it's so common and usually comes to us wrapped up neatly in a little package with phrases such as be strong, be a man, man up, cowboy up, or for the ladies, it's Put on your big girl panties. And they're often heard either from well-meaning people or in our own thoughts. Maybe there are others our listeners have heard too. And if so, we'd love to hear them. And Brian, I know all too well about this from my upbringing. Can you share some of that, Lori? I sure can. As the oldest child in my family, it seemed to fall on me to look after my younger siblings. Not all the time, of course, but there was a responsibility that came with being the oldest. When my dad got sick when I was 12, and then my grampy died out at our farm, the message I received during this time was, be strong for your brother and sister. This is one example, but it was the one I learned very well. As I got older and things happened, I was the one others relied on, because I was the strong one. I've even been told how amazed people are at me because I am so strong. It wasn't until a few years ago after the death of my kid's dad where I became aware that being strong wasn't working for me like it had for many years. How about you, Brian? Well, the way I learned it was through the message to be quiet. As the youngest child in a pretty traditional type of family, 
My role was often to stay in the background quietly, allowing the adults and older children to take the lead at times of family bereavement or difficulty. As with Replace the Loss, which we talked about in Episode 3, I seemed to learn this without a lot of direct instruction. I came to understand that my role was to remain in the background and remain quiet. I suppose it was our version of children are meant to be seen and not heard. My naturally shy personality no doubt made it easier for me to do that. What I learned in childhood, I pretty much kept as my primary adult grieving tool as well. I learned how to do silent. I'm not at all sure it was being strong, but it may have appeared that way to others. I'm very much aware that at times it was not strength, and it resulted in my falling short of what others justifiably expected from me. I still have difficulty admitting to others when I'm struggling emotionally. There's still an urge to be silent and not appear weak. But I now recognize it, and I'm doing better. It's one step at a time. And that applies both to you and to me and to our listeners. So, Lori, what is behind this idea? What is the intended goal with this? After all, being strong is a good thing, right? Well, let me begin by saying that I believe it starts with a faulty understanding of strong and weak. As with all unhelpful ideas about grief, it's a matter of a good thing being applied in a not-so-good way. But I'll come back to that in just a second. You asked me what the goal of the message is. It is a desire or even an obligation to avoid dealing with the sad, vulnerable emotions that arise in times of painful loss. And we gravitate back towards this because we believe they are a detriment to a healthy adjustment. Now back to the faulty understanding part. Strong here means controlling, minimizing, or even suppressing outward expressions of feelings that suggest we are something less than capable and in charge. In the message, Be Strong for Others, the emphasis is to not let others down by appearing incapable of helping them through a hard time. That was the primary message I received, being the oldest child, and carried with me into adulthood. I mentioned earlier when I became aware that being strong wasn't working for me was after the death of my kid's dad. Hearing he had died, I went full on into mum mode. Now my adult children were coming home and I needed to take care of them, make sure everything was looked after. The tissues strategically placed throughout the house, all their comfort foods, and the right words to help them in their grief. I was the strong one. I'd been told that my whole life, and now this was my time to shine. These were my babies, and their hearts were broken. So be strong is really saying something like be superhuman. Or maybe, to be honest, it's more be subhuman, less than human, because it asks us to somehow leapfrog over some of our very human emotions. Exactly. Instead of being real, I put my feelings of sadness away because I was the one that needed to be strong for them. What being strong should not entail is a denial of our natural human feelings. It shouldn't mean forfeiting the opportunity to honestly share those struggles and feelings with the people around us. What being strong is actually saying is, please don't tell me about your sad feelings, your fears, or emotional struggles. And I sure knew how to do that. I had practiced my whole life. But I must mention something here. Grievers are some of the bravest and strongest people. 
They move ahead, picking up the pieces of their lives after a loss with courage in so many ways, which are necessary and commendable. Back at the end of May, Lori, I heard a program, a CNN town hall program, that featured an interview with actress Taraji Henson. Taraji has launched the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation in honor of her father. The foundation aims to bring awareness to the problem of unaddressed mental health issues in the African-American community. She wants to end the stigma that teaches, get up, smile, go on, be strong. She replied to that message in a way that caught my attention. Don't tell me to be strong, she said. Being strong dehumanizes me. It takes my trauma and makes it small. I'm human. I have a right to fear, to be scared. I'm not a superhero. She went on to say, people misconstrue the meaning of strength. Strength is not raw bravado. You are so much stronger in your vulnerability. People need to understand it's okay to feel. You're human. It's okay. Wow, what a powerful message. She sure is talking our language, isn't she? Yes, the stigma that says it's not good to feel or express human vulnerability, labeling it inaccurately as weakness, is very common in all communities that we're aware of, and it's very unhelpful to everyone experiencing loss. Be Strong is in our top six most unhelpful ideas list for a good reason. It suggests that we be, or pretend to be, something that we're not. It obliges us to deny a very real part of who we are and what we are. When we talked in a previous episode about the unhelpful message, don't feel bad, we explained that it is usually accompanied by a distracting positive thought, such as, don't feel bad, he's in a better place. Don't feel bad, she's no longer suffering. Though these thoughts should not be expected to eliminate sad feelings, they do provide a temporary distraction by something that we may entirely agree with. In Be Strong, we're not provided with any alternative focus, even a bogus one, only that being strong is the right thing and that not being strong is not the right thing. It suggests there is something faulty about us. Grievers already are brokenhearted. They don't need to find out that they're also faulty, so they pretend and act strong. So true. So we've now arrived at the place where we offer our something to think about for this episode. What we really need to be and what others really need for us to be is not strong, but real. What we're calling for here goes very much against the typical thinking of our society. But when grievers are given the freedom to be honest, there is a release that takes place, resulting not in weakness, but in a new strength a new awareness of inner resilience, alongside the fears, an awareness of resources for truly recovering from loss and moving ahead well. And that's our message of hope, Lori. Now I suppose it's my turn to suggest our something to do. Yes, please. Okay, I'm sure our listeners will have noticed some similarities with all of our something to do suggestions. We want folks to take steps of understanding and then simple actions that flow from that understanding. Today we're asking our listeners to, first of all, tell themselves that it's okay to be human. It's okay to not have it all together. 
It's okay to feel sad, afraid, exhausted. It's okay to need someone else to hear and understand. It's not weak, it's human. And secondly, we say to our listeners, take the step of telling the truth to someone you trust when you're not doing okay. This is important for you. It's also important for your others. It's particularly important for the children in your life. Kids need to see the trusted grown-ups in their lives model honest humanity. The fact is that children usually see through the efforts of adults to hide their emotional truth anyway. The tragedy there is that they begin to model the same dishonesty and the unhelpful cycle continues into another generation. So our call to action to our listeners is to be honest with yourself and communicate honestly with those close to you. Sounds easy, but we know it can be hard to do. We're pulling for you and would love to hear from you. Yes, we would. And that wraps up our episode five, Lori. This is going to be published on August 21st, 2020. On August 31st, we'll be publishing our first bonus program on questions of faith. We'll be featuring an interview with Chaplain John Mormon from the Chinook Regional Hospital here in Lethbridge. Then with the Labor Day holiday coming up, we won't publish on September 1st. On September 11th, we'll be back with the final installment in our top six most unhelpful ideas miniseries. We'll talk about the message. Just stay busy. So until next time, thank you for tuning in. As mentioned, we love to receive comments and questions from our listeners. We invite emails to feedback at theheartofgrief.com. If you'd like to send us paper mail, it can go to The Heart of Grief, care of 610 4th Street South, Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, T1J4P3. And of course, you can subscribe through your podcast service provider.